has the future kingdom of God announced in the Old Testament and in the Gospels, has it already occurred and is occurring in the church age, or is it to come in the future? Stay tuned. So in our last lesson, we stopped um, at a point in which we had discussed the development of the kingdom of God, or at least the, the prophecies, I probably should say, of the kingdom of God that go all the way back. And even Jesus himself, with his own quote in Matthew 25, uh, informed us that the kingdom of God comes from the foundation of the world. So we're not talking about something secondary, and um, although there has not been a complete, um, I don't think there has been a complete theology of the kingdom of God from an apostolic Pentecostal standpoint, um, what we're doing here is moving us towards understanding that. So if you haven't listened to the uh, lecture before this, uh, then I would suggest that you start there with us and pick up today. Uh, <clears throat> so we've seen that the kingdom of God was certainly purposed in the Old Testament and that God promised to the nation of Israel, who was the people that he called out to be the medium through which he would bring the good news of the gospel to the world. That's important to get. That's important to understand. When Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, when God called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees, uh, his intent was that they would become the medium through which he would reach and convey himself and his riches and his good news of reconciliation to himself to the world. This is this is what this is. Up until Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapters 1 through 11, God just dealt with the human race in general. And uh, we can see this. We can see this with Noah. We can see this with um, Nimrod. We can see this with the Tower of Babel. It was the world in general. But in chapter 12, there is a decisive realignment of how God deals with the world, and it is that he deals with the world through his people, which in our time right now is the church. The church is the medium, the bearer of the good news uh, of reconciliation to God. And in our case, it's by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, in the Old Testament, Israel became that people, and in a spiritual sense, we have inherited the promises of Israel, uh, the promises of Abraham that are specifically spiritual. Those promises have fallen upon the Gentiles. Acts 15 and 14 tells us that right now God's intent and purpose is to take out of the Gentiles a people for his namesake. So uh, there is a period here. God has dealt with the Jews, and when the kingdom came to them in the form of the king, Jesus Christ, the first time, and they rejected that, then there is a delay in the coming of the kingdom. 
I will talk about that. I will show you by Scripture uh, very, very specifically that this delay is, is uh, graphically described, in, in fact, by Jesus himself. And we'll get to that in a little bit, that there is indeed a delay of the coming of the kingdom of God to the earth in its consummating form. And so uh, we, we talked about these things uh, yesterday or in our previous lesson. And uh, so today we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the kingdom of God that is coming and that there are differences that people have developed. Now, coming out of the New Testament age, it is not relatively, but it is very strongly seen from history and from the teaching of people that were immediately post-New Testament age. It's very clear that people believed exactly what we're teaching here, that the hopes and ambitions and promises of God in the Old Testament of a coming kingdom with the son of David sitting on that throne and the description of that kingdom uh, coming into the days of Jesus, they certainly believed that that kingdom was still future and still to come. As you know, uh, some of you, as late as Acts 1 and 6, just before the Holy Ghost is poured out, the disciples are still asking Jesus, well, is this the time that the, the kingdom is going to come? And they're talking about the consummating form where there is Jerusalem is a capital of the world and where uh, Jesus is the king of the world. Um, and that there's a universal goodness that's all described in the Old Testament. This is exactly, it's evident of what they were talking about. Uh, and so Jesus told them at that time, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons right now. This is what you are to do. And so um, it's clear, it's clear that the kingdom was still um, in the future. Now, there are people who say, well, there is no future kingdom. That kingdom uh, is now, the church age is the fulfillment of the Old Testament promised kingdom. Well, we haven't yet gone through all the characteristics that the Bible lists of the Old Testament kingdom, but when we do, you will see that there is no conceivable way that all of those things are being fulfilled in the church age. Uh, it, it, it won't take a lot of convincing. You can just, you'll just see as we go through characteristic after characteristic of, um, of what the Old Testament describes will come with the coming kingdom. It has not come yet. And so, uh, however, there are people who say that, well, that kingdom is the church age and it has nothing to do with anything except the church and the church is the final work of God on the earth and at his second coming there will be no uh, millennial kingdom set up. Instead, uh, the new heavens and new earth will occur. And meanwhile, Israel has forfeited all those covenant promises, even though God in the Old Testament, we've already quoted the scripture, said night and day will cease before these covenants would be removed from God's people from Israel. And so these people would teach that Israel will not have a renewal. They will not be a blessing to the world, all of which the Bible says they will be, and that they will not come into divine riches and wealth and, and blessing so that they are a blessing to the world. Uh, so, uh, but these ideas that the church is a kingdom, there's so many scriptures that they do not square with. 
Uh, for example, just let me give you a, a couple that we ended with um, in the previous lesson. Romans 11, 11 uh, talks about, have they stumbled? It's talking about the natural Jews. Uh, have they stumbled that they should fall? And he says, fall meaning that they're out of it. Their, their hope is gone. And uh, Paul says, God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation has come to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. And, and then Paul makes a comparison to the blessing that the church is today to the world compared that is here because of the fall of Israel compared to what it would be like if it is not the fall of Israel but it is the blessing of Israel. And this is what he says in Romans 11 and 12. Now, if the fall of them, that's, that's now, they're fallen. If that be the riches of the world, meaning that now the gospel is coming to them, and if the diminishing of them means the riches of the Gentiles, which is what's happening in the church age, then he asks, how much more will their fullness be a blessing to everyone uh, universally and to, to, the, to the world globally. And then he repeats this in Romans eleven fifteen. He says, for if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, and that's what's going on in the church age is the casting away of the Jews is the reconciling of the world. It is God taking out of the Gentiles a people for his namesake, Acts fifteen fourteen. So he says, he, he tells us here, he said, if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? So he's saying that there is coming a time when this kingdom fulfillment comes, there is going to be a universal blessing through Israel to the world. We will talk about all of this. We will go into the scripture about all of this, but there will be this this blessing that will come to the whole world. And the promises that God gave to Israel, such as Joel 2, 28, 29, which is a promise to the church, uh, Ezekiel 37, which is, a prom- I mean, which is a promise to Israel. These are promises that come to the church because Israel rejected. Joel 2, 28, 29 is a promise to Israel. Uh, Ezekiel 37 is a promise to Israel. Uh, Isaiah 28, 11, and 12 is a promise to Israel. Uh, Jeremiah 31, 33 is a promise to Israel. And on we could go of all of the scriptures that promised the, uh, the Holy Ghost blessing that we are experiencing today is actually some of the promises that come to Israel in the kingdom of God in the future. But we have received this now. Nevertheless, Paul is saying if, if, if we're a blessing to the world, if, this, if, if, if the Gentiles are being blessed by the rejection of the Jews now, then how much more will the blessing be with the acceptance uh, of the Jews? So this is not something that uh, a Gentile would be looking down on. It would be that a Gentile is looking forward to it because it's going to bring blessing to everybody. And somebody says, well, I think all of that that Paul wrote is already gone. Well, first of all, it's Paul. Secondly, it's the New Testament. And then third, if you read a little further in Romans chapter 11, uh, verses 24 through 27 and verse 29, it reads like this. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part 
has happened to Israel. Until. So notice here that blindness is not permanently happened to Israel. It has happened to Israel until. Until what? Until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. That's until the completion of the church age. Okay? And then after that, and so all Israel shall be saved as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer. That's an Old Testament scripture that Paul is using here as predictive of the coming kingdom that's going to come. And so there shall come out of Zion the deliverer who shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Notice here, he is not, he is not hesitant to use the words that makes you understand clearly that there is a day coming that has not yet come in which the kingdom of God will be established through the whole earth, and it will be established as he purposed through his intermediary people um, to the whole world. And then he goes ahead here. God says, if you think this isn't going to be completed, it is. At the time of the fullness of the Gentiles, then God's going to turn away ungodliness from Jacob. And then he says this, for this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins for the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. The gifts that God has given to his people and the callings that God gave, the purpose, the mission that God gave to Israel uh, are without repentance. They are not going to be taken away. So uh, there, are, there are many people who have never had a chance to understand this. Now, if you have questions, you're welcome, you're welcome to address them uh, to us, and we will do our best to answer those questions. Uh, we are not in a wrangle with anybody, uh, but nevertheless, uh, there is true, there is a truth, and there is that which is not the truth. And so we want to make sure that we are in the truth. So it's a major point of all that we would call or is commonly called historicists. That's people who believe that the announced kingdom in the Old Testament to come is actually the church age. These same people would tell you that uh, the book of Revelation is now history. That's why the term historicist is used, that it's history. It's already been done, and, uh, and the completion of it is found in the last uh, two or three chapters of the book of Revelation, but all the rest of it is already completed. That's what's called a historicist position, and uh, uh, pre- uh, post-millennial people, this is what they would believe. Amillennial people, they believe that the Old Testament, that the Book of Revelation, has already been fulfilled up until the end of it, at least. Um, and uh, uh, there's other groups, preterists and others that that all believe that the Old Testament, that the Book of Revelation, rather as well as the Old Testament, has been fulfilled in the church age. And that they believe that with the unbelief of the Jews, the Old Testament promises of an eternal kingdom to Israel have been forfeited and they will never occur. Instead, they allege that all those promises have been folded into the church. 
Thus, any mention of God's kingdom in the New Testament certainly is not referring to the future fulfillment of the Old Testament promised kingdom given to the, quote, house of Jacob and the continuation of the throne of David with the son of David sitting on that throne. That is all, and that some of them say this rather condescendingly, that is all times referred to as old or dissolved or old Jewish forms. So the question is, who should we believe? Stick with us and you will see that those ideas are mistaken.